suddenly something has taken your place It's a look in your eyes and a look on your face Luring me closer and drawing me near Though I struggle against it Please save me I'm falling for the ghost in her eyes Paralyzed and confused I'll never get away with my life Cause I don't know how, no I don't Well, that, well, that's our first sound bite. <laughs> <laughs> Franklin complaining about wanting to hear about dead people. But it's not so much about dead people, Franklin. It's not. It's about what was done to the dead people and the super bad energy that's over there. So um, this is Ghoul Disclosure, the podcast. Mm. I'm Amanda Dixon. That's Emma Harvey and also Franklin. Franklin is the giant bear that I'm clutching right now. Yeah. Just so everyone's aware. Yeah, so if we refer to Franklin, that's who it is. So I mentioned in our last episode that I would talk about the catacombs in Paris. Now, Emma, what do you know about the catacombs? Um, They're in Paris. <laughs> and uh, lots of bodies. Mm-hmm. Uh, spooky scary. Um, I think I listened to an episode of Lore where he talked about people disappearing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's underground. Yes. Uh, and I feel like there's only like a certain amount of it that's been found. Like I feel like there's more of it that they, they're vaguely aware of in like just a holistic sense. But no one's been there or seen it. Because it's spooky, scary, and people get lost. (laughs) Yes, it is very spooky, scary, and people do, in fact, get lost. And that's why we were very um, cognizant, or at least I was, of where our tour guide was at all times Mm. um, whenever we were over there. So I have been. I will save that for the end. I pulled up the actual Catacombs website for the facts that were not in my research on secondhand sources because I wanted to just, like read it straight to you okay. but it as well as my photos from the catacombs uh when i went 6 years ago yeah 6 years ago with my dad and brother and yeah it was spooky times so i looked at a couple of sites as we do um science 101 i referenced as above so below we have some sites from the guardian And then also this very fun map that I will withhold from you for now because I think it's very cool. That was from Reddit. Of course it was. Fun things are from Reddit. So, the catacombs. Folklore abounds. Its mysterious tales have yet to be confirmed. In the 1700s, Paris was was a beautiful promise for big city life. Which, I mean, it is. Big city. Beautiful. Gorgeous. But as people from the countrysides of France began to flock to the city and the death toll rose due to illness, the city of love became overcrowded with bodies. When the city began to smell like the rot of loved ones passed and the graveyards could no longer handle the dead, officials were forced to come up with a new solution. Now, what would you do (laughs) if you had so many bodies? Burn them. You would think, but no. The old mines and (laughs) and underground quarries would be turned into catacombs to house the dead underneath the city's cobblestone roads. The remains of everyone buried in the cemeteries across Paris were then dumped into the makeshift mausoleum. 
Over time, the bodies were organized in a neat fashion, and today, all those bodies remain. Now, right away, I'll take issue with organized in a neat fashion. They're not. Mm. It's just piles and piles of bones. And um, I'll show you photos later, but some of them are even, like, put into little art formations, like skulls that were made to look like a cross, for instance. And I could argue that that's somewhat organized. Yeah, but not by, like, preserving the whole of a person. That's you know, fair. whenever you break up somebody's bones from themselves, it it's just, it's not cool. And I am going to do my best with these French words. We will, we are going to try. Do you want me to look at them? No, I don't, because now I feel challenged. <laughs> <laughs> so the entrance was built at the Barriere d'Enfer. The old city gate that led the way into the hidden tomb was named that. And in English, this name roughly translates to the gates of hell, giving the underground graveyard an eerie entranceway. The naming of the entrance to the catacombs was on point. (laughs) This is all copied and pasted. That is not me editorializing. And it rings true to the reputation that the catacombs now have in society today. There have been numerous reports of people going into the catacombs and never surfacing again. The eeriest example was of an explorer who allegedly managed to catch his whole ordeal on camera before disappearing. Have you seen that footage? No, of course I haven't seen that footage. Oh, it's wild. I don't like found footage. Oh, good to know. Uh, What happened to him will never be truly known, as all that was found was his camcorder. Some skeptics believe that it was all an elaborate hoax to perpetuate the tall tale of the catacombs being a real entry point to hell. Me. I'm skeptics. You're skeptics? You're just not on board? Oh, found footage I don't believe in. Okay. That's, they were trying to fake something. Uh, I would, I would have to believe that over the alternative, just in order to sleep. Just to stay sane, just to not. Yeah. Yeah. So I do like this term. The tomb explorers are known as cataphiles. (laughs) Math, you don't like? I just mean... It just sounds like you really like cats. Like, I mean, who doesn't? I mean, just an unhealthy amount of liking cats. I, I don't know. I didn't come up with the name. I, I think it's good. You. I think it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> so, maps of the catacombs make their rounds in underground Paris circles and online, and tourists and locals alike indulge their inner wild sides. By exploring the remnants of France's past souls without a tour guide, the winding roads of the underground tunnels are clearly outlined with names such as the Boutique of Psychosis and the Crossroads of the Dead. Okay. Okay. They said we're going to go into the spooky, scary skeleton tunnels with no tour guide. Right. Okay. Yep. There is no real path to follow along the illegal tour of the catacombs as they wind and dip, coming to complete dead ends down one direction or tight crawl, tight crawl throughs down another. It's a whole empire of the dead, underground Paris bustling metropolis. It doesn't come without dangers, though, and people who trail off the beaten path and the secret tunnels often end up needing rescue. Although the entire maze of the catacombs can't be accessed legally, there is still a 1.5-kilometer stretch that can be toured. With famous people abound in the ossuary, such as the French Revolution's figures Georges Danton and Maximilien de Robespierre, 
the macabre tour is rich in French history, even if all that's left are bones and skulls. I mean, there are pretty cool tombs. I will show you the photos. It was a good tour, but the vibes down there were bad. Bad, bad, bad. So, underground Paris is full of folklore. Although those who created the catacombs dubbed it the Gates of Hell, there have been plenty of superstitious tales that help perpetuate its name. Stories of explorers going in and never coming out have given the tomb a supernatural reputation. It's more likely that due to the extensive and often unsafe paths down in the ossuary, people get trapped in places they were never supposed to be and could not get help. The 2014 movie, As Above, So Below, was even made to further push the connection to an evil entity and hell. With over 6 million skeletons buried in the catacombs today, the gates of hell are still perfectly synonymous with their grandeur, albeit morbid, existence. So, to transition into this gates of hell stuff, how do you feel about that? Do you think that that it's there? Do you think that's one entrance? Or is this nonsense? Oh, I'm sorry. Are you asking if I think that the catacombs in France are a gateway to a place that I don't believe exists? Yes. No. Great. Okay. (laughs) I also... Here's my question. Okay. So who named it the Gates of Hell? The people who just... The people who were throwing bodies willy-nilly were like, well, let's just call it the Gates of Hell. Yes. Okay. That just seemed, I I mean, you can't just call something, uh, say this is, I could go into the bathroom and say, this is a gate of hell. I mean, sometimes. (laughs) Fair enough. But that doesn't mean it's an actual gate to hell. It just means somebody got a little too fanciful when they were naming shit and then decide to call this, this is (laughs) dead body pit. (laughs) I mean, one of those things sounds a lot more exciting than the other. Oh, for sure. I'd much rather go see a gate of hell than dead body pit. Let me let me be clear. I don't want to see either. But okay. <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't I don't think them giving it the name. You know, there's a there's a mouth to hell mm, somewhere. It's a cave. There are a couple of them. I can't remember where the one I'm thinking of, but like things have happened around it that have made people call them it a gate to hell. This is just someone named it the gate to hell, and then... It didn't earn its name, is what you're saying. Yeah, I'm not... They didn't go like, oh, this is a terrible place. It's, let's name it the gate of hell. They went, let's name it the gate of hell, and then years later, people went, oh, this is a terrible place. (laughs) This place is spooky. Yeah. Fair enough. So, I pulled a little quote from uh, Dante's Inferno, the third canto. Dante passes through the gate of hell, which bears an inscription ending with the famous phrase... Bear with me. Lasciate ogni speranza voi cirate. Most frequently translated as abandon all hope ye who who enter enter here. Mm -hmm. So you're familiar. Yes. So this is where we actually watched this movie while we were in Paris because it was on the hotel TV, as you do. And we were like, oh, let's see it. That's the above and below one? Yes. It's called As Above, So Below. And I just mention it because... At first, I was in it. It was just about these people going into the catacombs to explore them. And then it diverted into being that they were in hell. And then, you know, they go crazy. Stuff happens to them. Like, I say go crazy as in, you know, lose 
all sense of humanity and they kill each other, yada, yada, yada. But then they delved into like, it's about the group descending into hell, but then also discovering the Philosopher's Stone. Yes, the one from Harry Potter discovered by Nicholas Flamel. I would like to say, let me just interject there. Yeah. That that's not... It's not just from Harry Potter. It's an actual. He was an actual person. And, no, no, yes, okay. uh, yeah, okay. yeah. I was just like, I, I, I don't. Just, wanna, I just don't want to give her all of the credit for that. Oh yeah, no. I just think that that's most people's association with the Philosopher's Stone. And if it, that's fair. some bell dinged in somebody's brain, I wanted to confirm to them: yes, you have heard of that before. That's fair. Me, cut this. I'm assuming I'm editing it. <laughs> uh, sure. <laughs> Whoever um, it is, cut it. Leave it in. Okay. I want to explain my thought process and that I am, in fact, not giving credit to that woman. Um, just confirming people's recollections of stuff that they know. Sure. But anyhow, you know what I'm saying? I was like, y'all, pick a lane in this movie. Either let's go... Well, clearly this movie wanted to be a season of Supernatural. Yeah. There were just too many things going on. Yeah. And um, too busy, too busy. It's too busy. Is about hell. Is it about the philosopher's stone? Is it about the mythology around? They said no. Throw it all in the pit, basically. Mm-hmm. So to divert into this little catfile subculture, some people are like, "Oh my god, it's the spookiest place ever." Some people just want to go down there and party. Self-described catfiles explore the catacombs, map them, and clean up trash. They also sometimes make art, but only in places that won't destroy anything of historical significance. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Outside of the official areas, however, the catacomb subculture is flourishing. There are cinema screenings, theater shows, concerts, secret suppers, art exhibitions, and swimming expeditions. I don't like that. Swimming? Is there water? It's underground. Hey, but there's water? Underground, yes. Who's going to swim in underground water? Cataphiles. I don't like that. <laughs> I, I, Yeah, I mean, I would not want to do that either. Is there a light? Can you see? No. I don't like that. No. That's uh, scary. <laughs> oh, I don't like that at all. Entrance to the mines is restricted. Should be. Mm-hmm. The portion open to the public, catacombs, is only a small part of an extensive network of tunnels, which spans around 280 kilometers in length, which is 170 miles, roughly. I don't know what either of those mean. 170 miles. I can't even fathom it. A lot of miles. It's very big. It's very big. Um, (laughs) The tunnel system is complex, and even though some tunnels have plaques indicating the name of the street above, it is easy to get lost. Some passages are long or narrow, and others are particular are partially flooded. There are aging telephone wires, pipes, and other impediments that can hinder progress, and cave-ins, although rare, do occasionally occur. A good guide is indispensable, and many guides occasionally refer to a map. Because of these dangers, accessing the catacombs without official escort has been illegal since the 2nd of November in 1955. There's a 60-euro fine... Um, for people caught by the ERIC, which is the special police who patrol the mines, <laughs> colloquially known as cataflix. So they're just all in this terminology. And fun fact, on the tour that we got, the Parisian guide told us that Daft Punk actually got their start in the catacomb raves. I did know that. Which, I mean, it just makes sense. The acoustics in there would be awesome. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was cool. It's a, it's an interesting fact. I don't know if I really 
appreciate or respect them for that. (laughs) For illegally entering uh... a place with a bunch of people's bones. Yeah, no. Yeah. So speaking of people's bones, let's talk about people getting lost in the catacombs. Just hold Franklin. In 2017, two boys were lost for three days, but were found by rescue dogs and treated for hypothermia. That just makes sense. You know, it's going to be cold down there. You're in the caves. Glad they found them. Yeah. This by far is one of the creepiest Paris catacomb legends. In the early 1990s, a group of cataphiles were walking through the dark chambers of the cemetery. They happened upon a video camera on the ground. To their surprise, the camera had footage on it. As the group watched the footage, they heard disturbing noises. It became apparent that the man holding the video camera was lost and had no idea how to escape. In the video, the audience can clearly draw that the man is going mad inside of the underground network of tunnels. The video ends abruptly with the man dropping his camera on the ground. To this day, no one knows who the man was or if he came out alive. Many believe that the movie As Above, So Below was inspired by this tragedy, which I think it was. Hmm. So that's that found footage that I mentioned earlier. Yeah. Super creepy. I don't want to see it. Um, I'm going to believe that... I'm going to hope that it was just an elaborate film thing and not someone who actually got lost. So maybe it was like these 90s cataphiles making something to go, oh, we'll make some creepy footage. Yeah, like the Blair Witch Project. Did this come out after the Blair... Did they find it after the Blair Witch Project? It was in the 90s, maybe. Mm -hmm. Maybe they did. Maybe you cracked it. I don't know. I feel like I'm not the first person to make that connection, (laughs) but okay, I'll take the break. No, you're the only one Uh... ever. (laughs) Possibly linked to the video camera story above, a famous Paris catacombs legend said that a mystifying thing occurs within the burial site after midnight. The legend says that if you're inside of the Paris catacombs after midnight, the walls begin to speak. Mm. Disembodied voices will try to persuade you to venture deeper and deeper into the catacombs Mm -mm. until you can't find your way out. Mm -mm. Don't like that. Mm -mm. Okay. Continue. Okay. Moving on. Moving on. (laughs) Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. One. I wouldn't be anywhere after midnight because I'm a sleepy bitch. <laughs> but number two, I certainly wouldn't be underground. I certainly wouldn't be underground in a place with bones after yeah. midnight. I don't care what I would believe. And then if someone's like, go deeper, a bitch run. Uh-uh. No way. And in all fairness, uh, I was just re- I'll get back to the actual website. Uh, soon, but the last admittance is at 8.30, so I don't think you could even legally be in there well, yeah. at that time. So yeah. I, I just didn't know if that was a comfort at all. I mean, people do what they want. I just think they shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about Philbert Aspert. Sure. During the French Revolution, a man named Phil- Philbert Aspert was a doorman at the Val de Grace mm. Hospital. This is the one I know. This is the one you know? Yeah, continue though. Okay. So, this doorman, mm-hmm. on a mission to fetch a certain liquor from a cellar, he accidentally ended not accident. Whew, my brain is not doing it today. Philbert actually ended up entering the Paris catacombs instead. Walking well, that around- sounds like an accident. So I feel like you were right. Thank you. Fair enough. I don't I don't know anyone that would mean if he was looking for liquor to go into the catacombs. I know where there's liquor. I mean, it sounds like they have everything else down there. So why not? Yeah. Why um, not? <laughs> why not? Have liquor in your catacombs. Why not? 
Oh, I thought we were doing a Lizzie McGuire thing, but you were doing a dad joke. My I was bad. doing a dad joke. My um, bad. So, poor Philbert, walking around the pitch black catacombs alone with just a single candle, Philbert became incredibly lost and confused. Many believe he may have been intoxicated at the time as well. His candle blew out, making his vision completely black. At this point, it was virtually impossible for him to escape the profound darkness of the catacombs. His body was not found until 11 years later mm-hmm. when a group of cataphiles uncovered it. They identified him by the hospital key ring hanging from his belt. He's buried in the catacombs in the exact same place where he died with a tombstone describing his death. Cataphiles and catacombs folklore tellers say that each November 3rd, his ghost haunts the labyrinth of the catacombs. Yeah, I think that's the, that's the one that he did on Lore. And I think on Lore, he said that they found him, like, feet away from... An exit. An exit. I, yeah, I remember that as well. Which I was just like, oh, that's so sad. It's very sad, but it's incredibly believable because you wouldn't know. Yeah, no. I hate everything about that. Poor Philbert. Poor. I'm so sorry, Philbert. Something a little bit... Lighter, much lighter. In September 2004, the French police discovered an underground movie theater run by Les Ux. It's just L-E-S-U-X. A French artistic movement that seeks to convey their ideas using underground places. A group of police officers were exploring a part of the Paris catacombs restricted from public access. They began to uncover very strange things. First, they found a PA system with pre-recorded guard dog barking noises playing. Then they found 3,000 square feet of galleries wired for phones using pirated electricity. Mm. The officers found a bar, living area, workshop lounge, and even a cinema with room to seat 20 people. The cinema seats had been carved into the stones of the catacombs. The creepiest part was they saw cameras on ceilings recording them. The police squad went back to the area a few days later later with a larger team to further investigate. Everything they had discovered from the phone lines to the Paris Catacomb Cinema had vanished. The only thing they found was a note that read, Ne searchez pas, meaning don't search. Mm-hmm. So they were like, leave us alone. Leave us alone in this place we're not supposed to be. Yeah. So this is a map that I found on Reddit of the catacombs themselves literally the only reason i bring that up is just to say it is massive it is so huge that of course people are going to get lost down there like i'm lost in, right now i'm just looking at it <laughs> i don't have any earthly idea what's happening to be fair to myself it's very small it is very small <laughs> So this is says, map of the Paris catacombs and under and underground quarries, Great Southern Network. And you can tell it, which we can try and post a link to this, but it's just the whole city. Like, it's just massive. Absolutely massive. What I would need would be to get a pit, uh, map of Paris, overlay it and sort of just do one of those yeah. things. So, crime things. Crime I'm, I don't know. <laughs> so, straight from the tourist website. At the end of the 18th century, major sanitation problems linked to the city cemeteries led to the decision to transfer their contents underground. The Parisian authorities chose an easily accessible site, then located outside the capital. The old quarries of Toulmissor 
under the plain of Montrouge. The first evacuations took place from 1785 to 1787 and affected the most important cemetery in Paris, the St. Innocents. The site was consecrated Municipal Ossuary of Paris on April 7, 1786, and from that moment adopted the mythical term catacombs, in reference to the catacombs of Rome, an object of public fascination since their discovery. From 1809, the catacombs became accessible to the public by appointment. In numbers, 20 meters is the depth of the catacombs, the equivalent of a five-story building. Okay. That is how far underground you go. Okay. There are 243 steps needed to access the site, 131 at the entrance and 112 at the exit. And I do have a picture of the stairs that we took to go down and up. Okay. It's 1,500 meters length for the visit route, and the total area is 11,000 square meters. Sure. I'll pretend (laughs) I know what that is. And she didn't measure it in football fields. Be like, how many football fields is the Paris Catacombs? Because then I'll be like, I still don't know what that is. I don't watch football. Uh, I don't know why I use that. Anyway, continue, please. Oh, my goodness. During the 19th century, the method... Methods of visits never cease to change between total closings and monthly or quarterly openings. Today, accessible to everyone without authorization, the Paris catacombs receive nearly 550,000 visitors per year, which I believe because honestly, we had to wait in a long line Mm -hmm. and a lot of people wanted to go. So let me let you look. Okay. At the photos. While you do that, I'll just talk about going down there. So, yeah, you get there. Uh, can I just interject? Um, y'all can't see what I'm seeing, but the very first photo that I clicked, um, because I'm nosy, is, uh, I'm guessing, a photo of the stairs, but it's all blurry as if someone slipped while taking it, and that's very funny to me. Listen, maybe that did happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. it, it didn't. I, I tried to take it while I was walking, which was a poor choice because I was. It, it was a like spirally staircase as yeah, well. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. I can see, which is super disorienting, and that wasn't the only spiral staircase that we had to go up and down in Europe. So we waited a long time in line. Finally signed in. You go down. Oh shit! Ton of steps. And it just feels, it really feels like you're going down into something deep, dark, and bad. And you just walk in and there's lights along the walls, but they're kind of spaced out. But it's just like, I you could so easily see how if you went there by yourself without a guide, you absolutely would get lost. Because even with the light that we did have, the caves were super disorienting and just just scary just being that far underground not knowing where you were gonna go just makes sense now i think i've mentioned before i am not i don't claim to be a medium of any type but like me and my brother both sense energies empathically i guess vibes were bad like it just felt angry and oppressive and almost suffocating and I think my brother and I both picked up on that there because we were just silent the entire time. And I remember there was one point where my dad said, oh, y'all want to get together and take a photo? And we just looked at each other and we were like, "Uh uh-uh, that is not what needs to happen here. Um, It's just not good. And I mean, you can see just looking at the photos, which we can probably figure out some way to put up a flicker. Um, Oh, that was old. I said flicker. 
You said flicker. And wow. I, my brain went. I don't know what that is. I just aged myself. Uh, but anyhow, some sort of photo. And, and de-aged me. <laughs> <laughs> some sort of website so you can look at the photos. But you can see it's stacks on stacks on stacks of people's bones. And, you know, as much as you would like to think, oh, they probably put people down there. You know, they probably had their own space. They probably put, at least at a minimum kept all the bones together. But, Emma, you can verify looking at it. It's not. It's just stacks of bodies and it's not it's just not good but at the same time as much as i would love to see it fixed and see a more like calm resting place for these people how would you even do that it's you know thousands and thousands of bones and it would be a tremendous undertaking to try and rebury them somewhere else so i don't think that's gonna happen and it really is a shame emma's making a lot of upset faces yeah. Mm. And I mean, you're looking at people's skulls and bones. And I, I think I've seen human well, remains I, before, but like to be able to get up that close to them, it, it, it felt like a violation for these people. Well, here's the thing is, is a lot of these are in not organized necessarily, but stacked and put deliberately in the positions they are and i just flipped to one where it just got some willy-nilly mm-hmm. so what was wrong with those people that they didn't get to be put in the display they're just put willy-nilly that's not fair right um it's very creepy and i don't think it's a gate to hell i think that's very you know like presumptuous and kind of like emma was saying um you can't put that moniker on yourself and honestly it's kind of rude for the people who are there. That's what I was about to say. For those people's souls, it probably is because they're not allowed to. I don't think that you could rest knowing that's what happened to you. Okay. Well, here's the thing. Yes. Give me some seconds. Um, there are a lot, a lot of photos. Yeah. Oh, I don't like that. Oh. Okay. Okay. We're out of it. We're out of it. Okay. This is a st- the street sign. Oh, that's beautiful. Okay. Yeah, we're just in Paris now. No, we're just in Paris. Okay. This was clarified for me when you read the bit about the the website that the tours have. Because in the beginning, you were just like, they're just bodies and bodies. And so they're like, what are we going to do all, all these bodies? So these people were interred in a cemetery. Yes. So they were interred in a cemetery and then the cemeteries got overcrowded. They right. moved them. This happens a lot. Yeah. Um, with older cities, it happened in New Orleans. I know specifically we have some hauntings that um, are yeah. attributed to that. We've moved burial places, but we've also just paved over them. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about this real quick because I think it's important. What is your feelings on burial and whatnot? Because um, you were raised Catholic yeah you've always been a catholic so what what, so i I, what i'm saying is what are your feelings on i mean you've touched on it a little bit but on this treatment and how do you think you would feel and they were buried at one point yeah so what do you feel about that and then they were moved so yeah and i mean um i understand that you could make an argument that space is an issue. And so maybe that's why they said, well, we'll just stack all these people. I just told you it's 
thousands on thousands of miles of space. 11,000 square meters is very big. Mm -hmm. And I think that there was no effort made to keep people's bodies where they are. You know, whenever we move burial sites, you're not exhuming people's bodies out of um, a casket. I couldn't think of the word casket. Mm -hmm. Um, You're not exhuming people's bodies out of caskets and then dumping them in a pile. Mm -hmm. That's not what you're doing. You're relocating somebody. They're still allowed to rest and still allowed to have their human dignity preserved Mm -hmm. in their own way. So I think that you know, I don't take issue with people being moved. I think, uh, to clarify, my issue is with people being moved and then tossed in a pile mm-hmm. the way that they were. Mm-hmm. That's what I think is kind of infuriating. Well, it's interesting because, um, again, I just say it every time. I'm from New Orleans. Uh, uh, and Louisiana as a whole is a very Catholic state. Yeah. Because of the French influence, mostly. Yeah. My, my, I'm wondering, were they not Catholic when this was happening? Did like, cause I, cause to, from my understanding, it's very imp- important, spe- specifically in the, in the long, long ago's, yeah, for people to be buried like that. It, and, and the way that they're buried mm-hmm. is very important in, in Catholicism in particular. Mm-hmm. So I'm just wondering what possessed, if, if Catholicism was, the um, main religion for these people, what possessed them to just go fuck it and toss them right in? And that's, um, you know, I think I'd have to do in-depth book reading on this just to figure out, like, what was going on Mm -hmm. at the time. The only explanation that I got just from the (laughs) minimum research that I did (laughs) was uh, uh, too many bodies. Smell was bad. But then uh, you mentioned... Uh, burning people is then, an option. Then again, I, it, it, <laughs> the issue is, is as my uh, my automatic response is burn them, but that's a common practice today, and it's okay in Catholicism today to cremate people. But there was mm-hmm. a time when it I, wasn't, it wasn't, and yeah. it was this at that time. And why would burning them not be okay, but throwing them in a pit? That's what I was about to say. Was um, you know, how is burning people less dignified than tossing them underground with Joe Schmo and his brother. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think it is. And I definitely take umbrage with it. And I mean, it was an interesting sight to see mm-hmm. for sure. And uh, like I said, I don't take issue with where it's at now. Cause like that would be millions of dollars to try and yeah, move no, these people. So sure. I understand why. And just logistically, it'd be a nightmare. Is there... I didn't see it in the pictures. I don't know. Is there's... I'm assuming there's not. But mm-hmm. let's let's hope and ask. Is there a comprehensive list of the people who are buried under there? See, that's no. the bit that I take umbrage with. Yeah. I was not raised Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> I was not raised um, religious uh, in a religion of any kind. Yeah. Um, other than to believe in a higher power. And we're not going to get into that. And just be chill. And generally. just be chill. Just be as nice as you can be, given the circumstances. But I will say that the the religion that I uh, understood the most when I was younger would be the uh, religion of ancient Egypt. Yeah. Because uh, I was one of those kids. In Egyptian 
ancient Egyptian lore, the name is very important. Mm -hmm. If someone loses their name, they cannot rest. Mm -hmm. They want to be remembered. They want to go on. And that's the part that gets me is like, okay, so you did, you needed room. Mm -hmm. I get that. You did this thing. Not great, but I get that. Yeah. But no one knows who these people are. Exactly. Where's the registry of this people? That's what I... If I was dead and a ghost, that would be the bit that would piss me off the most. Is like, no one knows I'm here. Yeah. They can see me, but they don't know I'm here. Right. If, knowing what I know of, again, I'm assuming they're Catholic, of Catholics in particular, just mm-hmm. religion in general, and Catholics in particular, that's what I feel um, is probably the terrible energy that you felt is just that resentment um it also could just be because y'all were very far underground and i feel like the human body is like this no good i I'm mean underground maybe. not okay great. okay my husband giving me <laughs> a rational explanation for the juju that was down there yeah i mean i mentioned it was very far, it underground, was very far underground right out it was cold it was, it was cold. very cold okay. um pretty dark uh, you know, they had lights, but it was like, oh, if the power goes out, we're fucked. If the power goes out, you're fucked. Also, uh, looking at those pictures, I've never been mm-hmm. looking at those pictures and the bits that weren't unfortunate human remains. It's very small space. Yeah. It's very little. So that cla- claustrophobia, you can like, we're literally sitting in a closet right now. Yeah. But... <laughs> You know, if you if you walk if you're walking and you're like you're in it and it's dark, you're cold, everything's pressing in on you. That also, I think, could be a factor. But and then but again, I think spirits are not I think your your own sort of faith, probably. And your bad you feeling bad for these people. Yeah. Also affected you as well. I don't think looking at it, looking at those pictures, I did not enjoy it. I don't think it it upset me as much as you being there. Oh, sure. And I don't know if given the opportunity, I don't think I would go. Why? Because <laughs> I I'll look at pictures all day long, but this is and then the, this is another thing for me. Mhm. I don't know if you know this, but I'm from New Orleans. And and New Orleans cemeteries are um above ground. Above ground. We um outside. It's it's above ground, it's outside. We inter people um in mausoleums, but they're also um walls that whole families have. And essentially what it is is when a body decays, you shove the bones to the back and you put the new person in. Right. Um, which isn't, you know. The best, but they're with their family and and their and names named. are there. So I reject the whole idea of it <laughs> because it's not what I think um, should a, a grave site should look like personally. But I also think that uh, like burying people under the ground is not right. And I only think that because I'm from New Orleans. Like um, I went to a sleepaway camp one time. And for some reason, we went on a hike. Not the hike bit, but (laughs) you do that at summer camps. But we went on a hike and we passed this grave. And I'm pretty sure there was a ghost story. Oh, of course. But they're at sleepaway camp. Yeah. You got to. But there are like 10 girls. 
And all of them just stepped over this person's grave. Oh, no, no, no. And I... You don't do that. I stepped around it. And they were all like, you don't... You know, you can... I was like... No. I was like... I, You know, I said, this is, this is somebody's... Resting place. Resting place, number one. And number two, I said, you can't... You can't step on grace in New Orleans. And they all went, what? Is it illegal? And I said, no, they're, they're above, physically they're above <laughs> the ground. Um, and they, that was a whole thing. But the point still stands as I think, even though I'm not, I'm not Catholic. I was only Catholic for three years and I wasn't raised Catholic. Or just particularly religious. In general. Well, no, not even that. It's just I was raised in New Orleans where this, it's just the the permutation of catholicism oh sure sure, it lingers you know so it's there even if you are not you 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 just get it through just kind of indoctrinated into it through osmosis almost yeah just those thoughts about right burial and things and how how to treat people yeah and that's that's the real thing is 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 today we would want to honor people's if you liked them, you would want to honor people's death wish- wishes to the best of your abilities. Yeah. So, like, my mom wants a Viking funeral. I can't do that. That is illegal. <laughs> but, but you know, I will, I will try my best. Yeah. You know? I just don't think those people, when they died, they were like, yes, put me in a pit. Yeah. Make me nameless. That's what I want. And I think that's, to me, the real the tragedy of it and i think i'm not saying don't go and i'm not saying don't look at it yeah but i'm thinking that that when you do you should go with the idea in mind that this these were people yeah they they were people they lived they died and they got disrespected Mm -hmm. and so maybe show them a modicum of respect yeah and maybe you know we can't they're I don't know how you would start to figure out who is in there, but at least going and seeing these people, maybe maybe the only way that we have to still think about them mm-hmm. and, you know, talking about it and going that it's not right. And maybe that's all we can do. That's all we can do. I am thinking that someone has some church records somewhere. I mean, probably. Like, I mean, I don't know when people start writing things. I mean, I know when people started writing things, I was the founding of the civilization. It was in Samaria. But if someone wants to start a Kickstarter to, <laughs> to, to figure this out, um, let me know and I will gladly donate. Um, um, I'm not in Paris, so I don't have uh, yeah. the resources but probably thinking, to like, do you, that. You, you think like churches would keep records of, of the people that died? Surely. One would think. One would think. I think they do it today. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know back then, but that's, that's you know, something. Yeah. That, that, that's where I would be at if I was in Paris. But thankfully, I'm not in Paris. <laughs> oh, I wish I was in Paris. God damn, it was fun. All it was right. a good time. I want to just think about the good times of Paris and not... I, I think I've made myself very clear that it was interesting to see certainly an experience and it's kind of one of those like check it off the bucket list never have to go again never have to do it again Mm. i can say i've done it no interest in doing it again 
And yeah, bury your dead and account for them and honor them properly. Or, you know, just do whatever they wanted. Just make sure you remember who they are. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, sure. Do whatever the person wants to do. Yeah, if you don't turn me into a tree, I'm haunting you. Well, uh, my body needs to be donated to science. So whichever one of us... Goes first? Bites the... What is it? Bites it. Eats it. What is the phrase? Bites the bullet? Beefs it? it? Yeah. Whoever beefs it first. (laughs) Bites it. Whoever bites it first. Listen, I'm doing my best. Um, Um, Yeah. Just remember people. Honor people. Don't want them to lose their name. And don't go underground by yourself in some... Oh, please don't go underground. Just ever. I think that's a good philosophy to go underground. <laughs> um, uh, unless you're paid a lot of money. To do so. To do so. And there are proper safety precautions. Yes. Yeah. S- certainly don't do that just to go jam out to some music. As cool as it would be, if it's illegal. Oh, and, and absolutely do not swim in water in the dark underground. What are you, stupid? <laughs> that part made me so upset. <laughs> That made, I was like, I don't like swimming in unknown water in the daytime above ground. I'm not going underground to swim in unknown water to swim in pit water. <laughs> no. So what you're saying is now we're going to go watch As Above, So Below. Absolutely fucking not. <laughs> Never. Mm. I, I won't even watch a good horror movie. I'm not watching a bad one. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. We'll see. Um, what are you going to tell me about next time? I'm going to tell you about a man whose name escapes me. Give me your phone real quick. All right. I'm going to talk about Jacques St. Germain. Jacques St. Germain. Okay. Um, a man who came to New Orleans uh, and mysteriously disappeared. Oh, New Orleans? Are you from there? No, I'm not. Um, <laughs> I've never been. Um, and he might have been a vampire. Ooh. He might have been. He might still be a vampire. Technically. We, we wouldn't know. We wouldn't fucking know. Oh. My, well. my guess is Keanu Reeves. <laughs> <laughs> well, I cannot wait to talk about Keanu Reeves. Uh, <laughs> Thank you for the nightmare fuel. You're welcome. Um, I have been Amanda Dixon. I have been terrified. And uh, good luck sleeping tonight. Bye. Bye.